1: Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fight Soccer Podcast. It is July 15th, and on Sunday, Atlanta United will host Orlando in the equivalent of a six-point game. Why a six-point game, you ask, when you can only get three points for a victory and one for a draw? Because right now, Atlanta United has 23 points and is in 10th place in the East. Six points ahead of them are Orlando and Montreal. Orlando is in 5th, Montreal is in 4th, and with that 4th place spot, you get the right to host a playoff game when the season concludes. Atlanta United is 3 points out of a playoff spot, currently held by Charlotte, which is in 7th place. So that's why this is a huge opportunity for the Five Stripes to make up some ground on the teams ahead of them. It would be their second, not second opportunity, but after beating... Real Salt Lake, which is a playoff team right now in the West, it would be a chance to defeat a playoff team for the second consecutive time and only the second time this season. So that would be a big, big confidence boost for this squad. The game broadcast begins at three o'clock. Kickoff is going to be at 308. As always, you can find my coverage on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. We're going to get into a few of the stats of the game and then we're going to hear some audio. So let's get into some of the numbers. Atlanta United's record is 6, 8, and 5. Orlando is 8, 5, and 6. Atlanta United at home is 5, 2, and 3. Orlando on the road is 3, 2, and 5. Atlanta United's goals for and against are 28 and 30. Orlando is 25 and 29. Expected goals for and against. Atlanta United, 28.4 with 28.5. Orlando, 23.7 to 28.7. Players to watch. Joseph Martinez, 5 goals, 3 assists. Ronaldo Cicneros, six goals, one assist. Dom Dwyer, four goals. Marcelina Moreno, two goals, five assists. Diego Almada, three goals, five assists. For Orlando, Cara, seven goals, two assists. Torres, four goals, four assists. And Pato, three goals, four assists. Your referee is going to be Victor Rivas with assistants Nick Aranga and Chris Elliott. The injury report, with the exception of Luis Arihujo, being able to be selected Uh, After his one-game suspension for yellow card accumulation is over, remains the same. Orlando's injury report is not yet out. You can find my predicted 11 in a story that we'll post soon, headlined Info to Know at Line United vs. Orlando, but I don't think you're going to see too many changes. A couple of other key stats about this game, John Champion and Taylor Twellman are going to be on the call. I love listening to those two. Uh, John Champion has... Uh, just a voice of butter. It's a, He's just very, very, very good at his job. And he and Chwellman play off each other very nicely. All-time regular season results at Atlanta United versus Orlando. Atlanta United has seven wins and 23 goals scored. Orlando City has three wins and 17 goals scored, which is a key stat. I'm always interested in this. Atlanta United has scored the most goals in the final 15 minutes of games, six Orlando has scored its most goals, five in the 15 minutes before halftime and in the 15 minutes after halftime. It's always something interesting to think about and to watch for when you're going into the game. As always, I think the first 10 minutes of the game are going to be key for Atlanta United. I said that against Real Salt Lake, and they scored a goal. Cisneros scored the goal in the seventh minute. And I say that because in Atlanta United's history, and y'all have heard me mention this stat many, many times. When it scores first, Atlanta United is 73, 13, and 17. A remarkable stat, including 48, 4, and 10 at home. When it concedes first, it's 6, 45, and 15, including 4, 12, and 6 at home. Huge, huge discrepancy in those stats. This is Southern Fight Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. Find me on Twitter at Doug AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and please consider clicking, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. I want to remind you, please, that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com utdscarf. As always... I'm your host, Doug Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlantic United News Now. So now let's get into some audio from some of the players and coaches we got to speak with today. The players are Marcelino Moreno and Amar Sadic, both of whom had fantastic games against Real Salt Lake, as well as manager Gonzalo Pineda. So here we go with Pineda. Uh, I asked him when new signing Edwin Mosquera will arrive.
2: I don't know yet. It's still in the visa process, and, and we have to wait a little bit on that.
1: And this was asked by one of y'all uh, a couple of days ago. When Atlanta United plays a back five and they use two central midfielders and Amar Seidic, for example, and Mateus Ruzetu, who also had a good game, how do you fit Luis Araujo, a designated player, into the same formation?
2: We will see. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the, Those are the questions we need to answer in the next few days, in the next few weeks, How how we make sure we have balance in the team. And that's, for me... Uh, where also competition starts in teams and the one that is better is going to play and all that. But at the same time, I have to manage to have enough attack and enough defending in the team every time we're on the field.
1: And we got to see Andrew Gutman running around the field again today. So I asked Pineda if the fullback is going to return to training next week.
2: Probably, yeah. He's, he's progressing very well. On that one, we don't want to rush anything because the when when you're looking at his injury and the way the tandem uh, was out of position like uh, we have to be very careful with that but i know uh, our trainers are very very good on on progressing players uh, in a safely manner and i think uh, he he might be back after these few games and maybe he can rejoin us before galaxy a little bit mm. here and there mm-hmm. but we don't know exactly when he's going to start that process
1: I think it was on yesterday's podcast that someone asked me about Ozzy Alonzo and if he is uh, still an, a locker room leader for the team, and I responded that I hadn't seen Ozzy in a long time, nor had I seen Miles, but I did ask somebody today, and Ozzy and Miles are rehabbing at the training facility. We don't see them because their timetables are different than some of the other players, but they are still both uh, active within the locker room with the team. So... Marcelino Moreno was the first out today and I asked him to describe his role in offense and defense within the five-man back line because it changed a little bit I think from the previous times that Land United has played a back five.
0: Offensively uh, my role is always the same it's just to try and help our our forward score goals Uh, defensively uh, it's it's just to also try to help out my team uh, because we knew we're in a, a difficult situation so just to help out them more.
1: Now of course that was not Marcelino Moreno. That was Justin, the team's very able translator. And so then Sadich, uh, was ne- or he was second in the interviews today. So I asked him to describe his role offensively and defensively.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, as a midfielder, it's just to uh, recover balls in the middle, um, kind of squeeze the pressure. And then offensively is just to distribute, uh, find open passing lanes for whoever's in uh, advanced positions or create passing lanes or find the passes in between those lines. So, yeah, I think that's kind of our midfield role.
1: When Real Salt Lake had the ball, Atlanta United typically played a line of five at the back, ahead of Rocco Rios, Novo, and goal. And then another flat line of four that was composed of Moreno and Almada on the flanks and Huzetu and Sadic in the middle. So I asked Moreno if it was difficult to maintain coordination and communication uh, between the four of them as they were to not allow any gaps in their line.
0: I think we we knew we were in a difficult situation, um, so we just had to to really put in extra effort.
1: And then asked Sadich the same thing, and he gave a, a really insightful answer that I think you will enjoy.
0: I think the biggest thing was the mentality going into Wednesday's game. Uh, We saw the defensive efforts that Marseille put in, and uh, I think each one of us kind of inspired uh, another to kind of keep going, keep pushing to uh, cover each other's backs. And um, I think it was just a little bit of if I step, the other guy drops. um, And then if they switch the point of attack from one side of the field to the other side of the field, we have enough time to shift and then just to not let us be broken in between the lines. So we did very well with that.
1: I think that's a really interesting answer. I followed by asking Pineda how pleased he was with the efforts of Moreno and Almada on defense because they were tasked with really, really having to play some tenacious defense with their pressing, which is not something they typically have to do as much when the team is in a back four and they're higher up the field.
2: I'm very pleased with that. I can tell you that I'm very pleased with everyone because – Yes, they did a good job on, on on those flanks at some point when I brought in Ivara, Santi, Joseph, matchup like everyone understood the tasks the tactical adjustments we needed to do uh, the sacrifices they need to do in their games to, to, to help the team and I felt that everyone did a great job on that and yes, the, those players are normally well known for being better attackers than defenders but again... Everyone did a great job on on, on putting uh, the effort on both sides of the ball.
1: And if you remember after the Austin game,
2: after the
1: 70-minute team meeting, one of the things Pineda talked about in his post-game press conference was how there were little things that were being ignored uh, for various reasons. And so I followed up today by asking Pineda, as we listened to him talk about defense, if some defensive responsibilities were among those little things he had referred to.
2: Uh, yeah, some, some of that, but also the concentration. I mean, okay. it's not just... Uh just you know me running backwards, and that's it is me running backwards, looking over my shoulder, uh, understanding when I need to go out, when I need to stay, when I need to cover, when I need to go on the ground, when I need just to just to follow my mind, uh, when I have to attack the duels, when I need to drop, when we need to uh, compress the space when we need to. so it's not just uh, yes let's let's work hard it's let's let's work hard, but let's work uh, with full concentration, smart also understanding the moments of the game, so I think there were many many any positives, not just, yeah, the hard work and mm-hmm. all that. That ethos, yes, that, that was fantastic. But it was also intelligence for my players, and, and I'm very pleased with that.
1: And one of the things I noticed while watching the game, or, or thought while watching the game against Real Salt Lake, is with the back five, with the addition of a center back, there is one less midfielder. And you would think, well, that's going to hurt the offense. Except it gave, I think... A lot more space for Moreno, Almada, Cisneros, Wiley, and McFadden, Caleb Wiley and Aiden McFadden. Kind of room to try to exploit, move around in. And I asked Almada after the game on Wednesday if that were true, and he, he kind of said yes. So then I asked Moreno today what he thought about that.
0: Yeah, we, the, the back line of five, uh, we've played it before last season and, and also at times this season, uh, and it's worked for us. Um, so I think uh, it, it just makes us a little bit more solid defensively.
1: I followed that up with asking, but what about him and his offense? And uh, he basically said, absolutely, there was more space higher up the field. So I asked Sadich, how do you sustain this going forward, starting with Orlando on Sunday, then the Galaxy, then Chicago, et cetera, et cetera?
0: We just need to keep up the mentality aspect of it. I mean, I think we set a very high standard on Wednesday of uh, what it takes to win a game. I mean, you saw in the 90th minute, uh, they were launching balls in. We had all 11 guys chasing, clearing the ball, covering each other's backs. And um, yeah, we, we set the bar. And now we know that this is what it takes to compete and uh, to win games at this level. And yeah, we just kind of need to sustain it and uh, keep this kind of um, feeling alive.
1: I asked Pineda the same question.
0: Well, just the message has
2: to be clear. I think the message is very clear. Uh, We know how we can get results, and I think the team just needs to continue with that, and and that type of mentality has to stick with the team for the rest of the season. Regardless of how good football we play or how good results we get, we have to fight and compete the same way we did.
1: One of the themes you've heard is, is better communication on the field. I asked Sadich if that's continued off the field now that they had that clear the air meeting after Austin, if the players are, are kind of bonding a little bit more off the field.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's. I think we've kind of realized that this isn't going to – I think how Gonzalez said, like, there's no really heroes, so it's going to take everyone's effort. So everyone from the bench, uh, guys that are in the 11, the guys that are on the bench, and maybe guys that aren't even rostered. But once the kind of situation comes down to it, Every, every guy is needed and every guy needs to be able to step in and give uh, what they need to give to the team for us to succeed.
1: And then Sadich was asked if this is a six-point game.
0: Yeah, you could say that. I mean, there's a lot of games left in the season, but every game is very crucial. And uh, from what I know being in this league for the last four years is that uh, once teams kind of find their rhythm and make a run towards the second half of the season, they, they finish well. So uh, we want to be one of those teams and we want to finish high in the standings and uh, secure a good playoff position.
1: All right, before I let y'all go, I want to thank y'all for your listening to this podcast, for your sharing this podcast for the kind words you sent me both an email and a Twitter about how much you are enjoying this podcast. A lot of it goes to our fine and able producers who have vastly improved the quality of the sound and the intros and, and everything else. Um, so they deserve a kudos too. And as always, hug your loved ones. Communicate with your loved ones. Y'all take care. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.